There you are, Shabbat Shalom, Baruch Hashem, Yahweh, and greetings to the 12 tribes still in quarantine. Will they ever let us out? Of course they'll let us out. And then they'll ramp it back up and bring us back in, and then out, and in, and out. And it's the wearing down of the saints. But not me, not you, because we are victorious. We have come out of Babylon, right? And we can see clearly what's happening. Today, we're going to be jumping into Revelation chapter 8. And I pray, Yahweh willing, that we will be able to see clearly what's happening there. Remember, subscribe to the channel. Give us some thumbs up. You guys in the chat, be blessed. Have the fellowship. Have the fellowship. Enjoy the time together in the chat. Keep it going. And remember, I'll try and get to some of those questions at the end of the teaching today. And I do want to thank you all for your support financially in this tough time that you continue with the ministry tithes and offerings, your stewardship. Thank you so much. We really are blessed. I had a fabulous time today with, I believe, 129 of you on the Shabbat Fellowship. And talk about being birthed out of faith. You know, that was... Uh, birth many years ago because uh, of just the faithfulness of a family that came together and worked together in ministry and now look at the fruit. In quarantine we can come together, break bread or I should say coffee beans and spend those times just fellowshipping. It's truly rich. TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. This is the time to get hold of each other on the Zoom platforms. We've got the prayer group. We've got the men's group. We've got Torah Youth Worldwide. We've got all kinds of fellowship connection platforms for this time when they're trying to isolate us from one another. We can still connect because we are the saints. And the best connection of all is on your knees unto the Father. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah, Revelation chapter 8. Let's open up the scriptures and go there. But before we do, it is the seventh day of the Omer. We are counting the Omer and it is time to be transformed from the barley man, animal food, counting during this time of quarantine to the wheat man, the 50th day, one new man. So count with me. Enjoy the Oma count. Remember, what we do is it correlates to the days that we're in. Today being the seventh day of the Oma count, you read Psalm 7, Psalm 57, and Psalm 107. Stay together count the Omer, and who knows, by day 50, we may be out of quarantine, but we'll be somewhere different than we are today. Revelation chapter 8, the word of Yahuwah is powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in the heavens for about half an hour. And I saw the seven heavenly angels who stood before Yahuwah, and to them were given seven trumpets. So chapter 7, what we touched on and went through last week was actually the interlude, the interlude which interrupted the flow of the breaking 
of the seven seals. And then, right now, we see this time of silence. This time of silence. And of course, this is talking about the end. And this is, of course, Yahweh's perfect, perfect word. But S.A. Tan, just like we know in Matthew chapter 4, he likes to twist and pervert the word. And there's always going to be the counterfeit of the actual pure, pure word of Yahuwah. I think it's very interesting that we're in Revelation chapter 8 and we're in this counterfeit, luciferic time of silence, aren't we? We are in, right now, in the world, a time of silence. It's an interlude. It's an interlude before the ramping up of the next section in the narrative. But it's not the narrative of Yahuwah. It's the narrative of the global conspirators. It's the narrative of the Luciferic realm. And it originates, of course, with none other but the synagogue of Satan. This is the time of silence. And in a time of silence, you notice... Things that maybe you wouldn't normally notice, like, where's 45? Where's the presidential seal? Is he just a stand-in? What's going on in our world today? Have you noticed? I've noticed. Surely you've noticed. We're in medical martial law in a time of silence. And we don't know what it's going to look like once all the communication starts going again. Once the traffics and the roadways and the highways and the byways and the retail doors open. But right now, we're in this lull, aren't we? Getting ready for something else. But it's not pure. It is not undefiled. It is not the word of Yahuwah. It is defiled, it is impure, and it is a construct. It is a model, as the good doctor tells us. It is a model, a construct of graphs and flowcharts that are projections and manifestations of Lucifer that are being put out for all of those that are swimming in the Kool-Aid. And they're terrified. And they're terrified. Chapter 7 was an interlude, and it really does correspond to the interlude that we are now in, in this world that we live in. Now, as we go back to the text, we will notice that the seven angels in view here, they're actually most probably those that were mentioned in ancient Jewish historical writings. And those were Uriel, Raphael, of course, Raguel, Machiel, or Michael, Sarachiel, Gabriel, and Remiel. And these are mentioned in all of the Jewish historical writings. But the first six seals, which were broken in chapter 6, represent the theme, or the character, I should say, of the last age. And it's a trail a trail towards the end of the age. 
And that's where we're at now in our world, trying to navigate this trail. And we know it's going to lead to the end of the age, but we're not quite sure how we get there quite now. Because everything changed in an instant, didn't it? So there's a recalibration going on in the world, but there's also a recalibration going on inside of me and inside of you. I'm feeling so much stronger, so much more faithful than I did a few weeks ago. Not more faithful, but more fortitude in my faith, I should say. Because I've become adjusted to the world that we're in and now are able to respond even more effectively. Because I've found my, my standing. I've found that it's just time to stand as I see the needs of the world crumbling and we are getting some interference i believe and we may need to have a little mic switch out right now so give me a moment you guys chat it up in the chat we came provided we've got a backup so we're going to do that right now we're going to do a little mic switch out Man, it looks like, ooh, that's loud. Looks like we're back. Let me turn me down. Yeah, there we go. There we go. All right. And we're back in business. Sorry about that, guys. We uh, thought we fixed it, but uh, hey, that's what happens in, uh, when you're live, when you're live. So we were looking at the six seals, of course, last week. Now we come into this eighth chapter and the seventh seal. We had this interlude, but right now, as those six seals were broken and they represented the theme and the character of the last age and this, this trail, if you were, we find ourselves again on a trail too that we're trying to navigate. And yeah, at first, maybe it was a little bit uh, discombobulated, but now now, aren't you starting to see a little bit more clearer? As the world out there and their knees are buckling, we stand. And if you can still stand, stand. And when you stand, you start to see clarity. Especially when you observe the social engineering going on, the programming going on with general society at large, I kind of find myself often standing outside of reality, it seems, looking in and observing, and I see just amazing things. But that recalibration period for me, 
has been really amazing and i know many of you speaking to you today on the live um shabbat fellowship are going through the same thing what maybe at first was a little destabilizing now we found our footing it's only going to get worse so stand and you'll find that your footing will become a surer surer foundation so these six seals represent the theme and character of the last age it's a trail toward the end of the age and the end was actually announced with the sixth seal chapter seven that we just completed pictured the fate of the saints during this dreadful period and the period that we're now currently in, though it really does at times feel dreadful, it's not this dreadful period. It's really just the counterfeit of the heavenly picture. S.A. Tan has got this counterfeit going on through the synagogue of S.A. Tan that we now find ourselves living in. And today I want to show you through chapter 8 of course, the purity of Yahuwah's word, the purity even of his judgments, his chastisements upon the wicked, and the calamity that the saints will have to go through. But then I want to show you conversely through our current CV19 situation, how this is really the synagogue of Satan, who knows the word of Yahuwah, Matthew chapter 4, with the, of course, testing of Yahuwah, in the wilderness, Satan knows the word. He can't create anything, but then he is counterfeiting this with a different kind of silence, a different kind of trail, and a different kind of scenario that is being played out. That's why society worldwide at large is falling for it because they're falling for another word because they do not have the living word in them. And because it is a counterfeit of the pure word, it is easy to swallow because it has the ingredients of truth in it, yet it is conjured, and I use that word deliberately, conjured up into a magical mixture of luciferism if there is such a word, sounds good to me, that is swallowed. It's the blue pill, if you will, using uh, a matrix analogy, that the massive swallow down. They are swimming in the Kool-Aid, aren't they? Just swimming in it. And so now, you know, it's time for us to plod through and see that we are not actually going to succumb to the murky waters in which they choose to swim. Chapter 7 pictured the fate of the saints during this dreadful period. But before we dive in, we've got to look at the parallelisms between the seven seals and the seven trumpets, because they both actually bring us to the end. They both actually bring us to the end. The sixth seal, with its cataclysmic, cosmic catastrophes, which signal the coming of Yahusha, and then you have the seventh trumpet that likewise announces the coming of the end. It's an announcement of something yet to come.
Now, the counterfeit, of course, what we're going through with this CV-19 is, again, an announcement in a Luciferic, satanic realm of something that is yet to come. We're not there yet. This is the announcement. This is called Luciferic telegraphing. They have to do it. They are telegraphing of something yet to come because Satan can't create anything. He can only copy, model, and re-manufacture. And that's what we're seeing today in the world that we live in. It's a mind bomb. Let me, uh, yes, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I'm just, just to make sure I'm not being too restricted. I like the free flow. No, we're good. We're good. We're good. So, what we're going to see is that there's a measure of recapitulation going back over the same ground to a certain degree. Now, some of you that have lived on this earth for 70 years or so, you're going, well, this seems awfully familiar. Yes, it's different, this CV-19. But we've been through a, through a few things like this before, right? 9-11, okay? The Gulf of Tonkin. Uh, okay, I can start to mention some more things and we'll get thrown off the platform very quickly. But just think about it. Yes, this is more intense. Yes, the sequencing is much closer together. Therefore, it seems so much more. <gasps> we're at the end, but we're not at the end. We're not at the end. This is telegraphing. I hope you're following with me. I know we've had a few technical issues. I'm finding my step. I hope you find your step. Keep it up in the chat, everybody. Give us some blooming thumbs up, would you, for at least something here, for at least persevering through the technical. And so, anyway, I've got a question I'd like to pose as we go on. Do the seven seals and the seven trumpets cover the same period? Or do they overlap in their entirety or do they only overlap just in part? You know, these are the things that I ponder. Well, my personal view is the unsealed and the unraveling judgments are actually an orca orchestral, excuse me, finding my words today, an orchestral judgment. And I've explained that before as if John is showing you an orchestra and you start off in the wind section, the drum section and whatnot, but once the orchestra starts playing, it's all playing at once. It's not necessarily in this chronological order. So when you start to use a chronological linear mindset or you use like a calendrical mindset for the book of Revelation, I think you lose a lot of what's going on here because that is not what this text is meant to be. It's not for me to go home and plot out the future. That is not what a vision is. That is a Greek kind of um, theology and it definitely has its footing in some of the religions like the Jehovah Witnesses, big ones, Seventh-day Adventism, big ones, of course, meaning trying to plot out the future from the Bible. That's really not the Hebraic understanding of a vision. A vision is to show you everything so that when it does happen, you'll have, oh, We've been here before, but it's not so I can say, oh, um, March 23rd, everybody, we're going to pack up our tents because the projection, according to my count, no, we miss so much when we do that. 
So just want a little bit of a, an admonition not to fall into that trap. And I have done in the past as well. So I'm not judging anyone. I'm just saying beware of that because you miss a ton, an absolute ton of revelation. So what we see here is that there is an overlapping because it's an orchestra, an orchestra. Notice that the seventh seal, the seventh seal, unlike the first six, it contains no plague and no real judgment, does it? Think about it. The breaking of the seventh seal after this interlude enables the seven angels to sound their seven trumpets. So here's the crux that you cannot miss. You cannot miss this. The seventh seal it has no content. The seven trumpets constitute the content of the seventh seal. Now, some of you are like, what? Well, let me repeat, because it's like, what did you? It's a lot right there. The seventh seal has no content of its own. Unlike the preceding six that had their own content, the seventh, and here's the pattern, here's the vision, because it's an apocalyptic vision. The seventh seal has no content of its own. The seven trumpets constitute the content of the seventh seal. And you'll see that again, and that is the key to the inspiring road that we are traveling down. And that is amazing to me. In a similar way, the seventh trumpet, and we'll get there, has no plague or woe in itself like the preceding six trumpets. The pattern follows. The seventh trumpet only has an announcement of the end and it constitutes the seven bowls. Make sense? Makes perfect sense to me. Which would mean, bear with me, which would mean the seventh trumpet, trumpet has no content that the seven bowls constitute the content of the seventh trumpet. You see how it is the same. This is key to understanding the vision. Do you see the parallelisms and how it builds in an intensity towards judgment and then that judgment towards the end? towards the end. It's an intensification of the woes that are poured out on mankind before mankind is actually overtaken in the final judgment, where then it's just too late. But we're not at that point right now. So many people will say it's saying to me, right, I'm kicking gravel up here. It's because I've got my fancy London shoes on, right? So check these bad boys out. See if we can get a camera shot. I love these bad boys. I know people always tease me about my shoes. Let me put them up right here. See, I got these beauties a while back when I was in England. I don't wear them that often, but these are kickers. Have you got them? You haven't. Look, you guys. Oh, yes, you have. Yeah, you have. All right. Okay. 
I can't do any more gymnastics and put it on the main camera. Sorry, off, off the, sorry, I was just kicking gravel here and I could hear it in my, I've been in quarantine, I'm out, okay, so now I'm being a little silly. That's what happens. It's okay, can you hear the gravel as well? Yeah, I'm not kicking gravel here. It's because I live in the country. You're not supposed to wear London City shoes out in the country. <laughs> but you do see, going back to seriousness here, you do see the parallelisms, blah, 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 that's a big word for me today, and how they build in intensity towards the judgment, and then judgment builds towards the very, very end. It's an intensification of the woes poured out on mankind before it's too late. But we are not in that place right now. It's not too late. I know things seem bad out there, but it's not too late. It's not too late now, brethren. So you've got to have hope in this time. Have hope, have faith. This is just the rollout of something yet to come. And there's going to be a silence, an interlude, and we're in that interlude. But it is the counterfeit. It's not Yahweh's judgment. This is a Luciferic destabilization of the world that we know it to ramp us up into their next, next construct, model, Trojan horse, if you will. But Yahweh is with us. So don't lose hope. I have so many people that are contacting me. I had a stack of, oh, you should see the snail mail I'm getting now. I mean, I save it for like Shabbat, and I'm like, oh my goodness, it's amazing stuff. I uh, just want to shout out to Elena. Elena writes to me every week, and I love her letters. And she dreams and has all these amazing visions and stuff as well. So I save those for Shabbat. But you guys are, are just amazing. And uh, I think all of us are having apocalyptic dreams right now, aren't we? I mean, that's a thing, isn't it? Because there's so much weird stuff going on. But it's not the end. This is not the end. Now, another parallelism, a parallelism, I really am having trouble with my words today, is that the seventh seal and the seventh trumpet contain no plague or woe unlike the other six seals and the other six trumpets. In some, the six seals lead us up toward the end, whereas the seventh seal reveals the actual beginning of the end itself. So, both the seals and the trumpets have interludes. And the multitudes between the sixth and seventh seal and the visions of the angel, then you have the little book and the measuring of the temple between the sixth and the seventh trumpet. Those are the interludes that are this almost a time of silence. Then another parallelism that you see is neither the seventh seal or seventh trumpet actually contain a plague or woe like the other seals or the other sixth trumpets. So this is the parallelisms I see. And then look what the word says. And when he opened the seventh seal, there was a silence in the heavens for about half an hour. Now the silence records the trembling suspense on account of the heavenly hosts, as Yahuwah is in his holy temple rendering the final judgment. But that's not where we're at. People say, is this, is this where we're at? No, we're not here 
specifically, but we are in the Luciferic counterfeit of it, which is our CV scenario. Our CV scenario is the Luciferic counterfeit of this. It's not the end. Now, there are many Christian Zionists out there that are getting ready to march to Jerusalem, to march to the Temple Mount. And, you know, whatever sacrifices they bring and Temple goes up, they're going to be going. And, you know, maybe President 45 will be the one to lead them. Who knows? I don't know. But that is not what we're to do. That's not the end. You see, we're in a different kind of silence right now. When you're isolated during the week, when you're isolated even now, right? Beautiful sunny weather here in Oregon and you can't even go out and ride your bicycle. Can't even go for a walk in the woods by yourself. You'll get bombed by a bunch of police. That makes no sense, does it? Here I am walking along by myself in the middle of the forest and um, all of a sudden you're so concerned about my safety that you're going to bring half a dozen police officers to crowd you within your six-foot zone and put you in irons and send you somewhere with hundreds of other people within a six-foot zone. So this isn't about people caring for your safety because it's much more safe out in the woods by yourself or on a paddleboard in the middle of the ocean or on a beach going for a run by yourself. But you try that and you'll get tackled by a mob. It's, in, it's his crazy land. It's called medical martial law. And it's the world's silence before their judgments on the current system. So do you see the satanic counterfeit? We're in a different kind of silence. We're in a different kind of suspenseful situation. And it is quite suspenseful, isn't it? I mean, it's every day is different. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. What new executive order will come out in, in Oregon, in New York, in Arizona? Well, it depends how ca corrupt your governor is, right? Some of the governors are, are fast on the draw, aren't they? They're totally in bed with Satan. Other governors, they're a little bit slower on the draw. And then quite surprisingly, in Sweden, they're like, well, to hell with it all. We're just going to go out for a fettuccine Alfredo and a glass of Pinot Noir and call it good, right? And apparently their statistics are dropping off. But it's not that the Swedes are these great champions of civil rights. No, they're terrified of the Mohammedans that literally own their cities and that if they did try to implement social distancing, they would have a riot on their hands. The reason the Swedes haven't implemented it is because they've got no backbone. Not talking about you if you're a believer from Sweden. I'm talking about the government that knows that the Mohammedans that make up the large portions of their population, they wouldn't go for it. So they haven't got the stomach to enforce it because there would have been riots in their cities, which are already places where their policy officers don't go. So it's not what it appears that all of a sudden Sweden is the champion of human rights. No, Sweden's got a migrant problem that they don't want to inflame. That's the reality. 
But we are in this suspenseful situation. It is the converse of this heavenly reality. It is not the end, but it is actually moving us further toward the end of the world or society as we know it. But we have a long, long way to go. So be assured, Yahweh is on the throne. Yahusha sits at his right hand, and there's still a long, long way to go. We are nowhere near the end. It's just the counterfeit that's being played out by the puppet masters before us today. Look at Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 20. We don't have to turn there. I'll read it to you. Yahweh is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. So the truth, when this judgment comes forth, it's the hush of heaven. And it's because Yahweh, who? Yahweh is going to be where? In his holy temple, in the heavenlies. But also, Yahusha has made us say what? A lively, a bunch of lively stones, a living temple, and we're to be undefiled, right? That's the truth. So what's the counterfeit? So the counterfeit of this is that the synagogue of Satan, through this CV-19 virus, is now doing the counterfeit of the heavenly hush. Meaning, we are in this time where they, right now, right now, are preparing an unholy temple, which will usher in their abominable sacrifice. In the meantime, in that state, in the Middle East, they are rushing to create the solution to the problem that they've created so that then they can defile another type of temple. Oh yeah, that's your temple if they could through vaccination and programmable matter. Don't you see? That's the Luciferic counterfeit of the heavenly truth. Yahweh has his holy temple. Yes, there's going to be a silence before the judgment. And we are his holy temple that he will preserve. So Satan can't create anything. He knows the scripture, Matthew 4, just perfectly that he can recite it and twist it. So as this CV-19 is going on, the synagogue of Satan is getting ready to construct their Luciferic temple whilst there's this hush of the world going on. It's not the hush of heaven. It's the hush of the world. And then they're going to defile that worldly temple. They're going to absolutely indoctrinate a bunch of neophytes that will go off towards it for an abominable sacrifice, then come out with a vaccine to then hinder everybody's body temple defiled during this time of hushing. That's where we're at. That's my belief. I see it everywhere. And you can either agree with me or not. It's my reading and interpretation of the scripture. And I'm here as a watchman on the wall saying, watch out. There is nothing new under the sun. And before something amazing happens, like 
back in the day, the coming of Yahushua and his amazing ministry of reconciliation of the one new man, then Satan has to take the word, map it, turn it upside down, counterfeit it, Matthew 4, and pervert it, and the masses will drink it like Kool-Aid. That's where we're at. Sheep to the slaughter. Which brings us on to the next subject of Revelation 8 is the Cherem sacrifice. The Cherem sacrifice is the biblical reality. The Luciferic counterfeit is the sheeple's sacrifice. Those that are swimming in the Kool-Aid, they'll be the sacrifice. That's what they're prepping for right now. Let me explain further. Zephaniah chapter 1 verse 7. Hold thy peace at the presence of the Master Yahuwah. For the day of Yahuwah is at hand, for Yahuwah hath prepared a sacrifice, he hath bid his guests. So this, in its biblical truth, is Yahuwah's heavenly temple, Yahuwah's heavenly hush, in preparation for Yahuwah's sacrifice. Zephaniah chapter 1 verse 7. This, in truth, is the priestly remnant cry before the final slaughter of Revelation 8.1. But the counterfeit is the sheeple in masks. Is the sheeple in masks being slaughtered. Because the sheeple in masks that are terrified right now are going to be the ones that take the soup virus and inject it into their body temples and become defiled. Because it's the abomination counterfeit of a counterfeit temple in the Middle East, a counterfeit hush, which is what we're currently going through, and then the rollout of the counterfeit cherem sacrifice. Instead of a sacrifice by Yahuwah, it's going to be the luciferic sacrifice of the sheeple in masks that will be lining up. Mark my words, they will be begging for the vaccination. Begging. And then those that don't take it, they will be mob mentality on you. Mob mentality on you. So this is how I see things playing out. Who is in the scripture the offered animal in this cherem sacrifice? In Zephaniah, the animal is Judah. Zephaniah chapter 1 verse 7. Judah, in the biblical truth and the reality of Zephaniah chapter 1, which is what is being spoken about in Revelation 8, is the animal that is going to be shared with his guests. But today, the counterfeit of this isn't Judah, but the synagogue of Satan that pretends they're Judah, slaughtering the sheeple as they make them the guests of their medical martial solution. Problem, reaction, solution. This is what it is. Problem, reaction, we're in the reaction phase. 
Now the guests, all the sheeple and masks are going to come, and then they'll have the solution. And it mirrors this. It's the counterfeit. Do you see? Synagogue of Satan, construct temple, Middle East, natural. Body temple, hush of the world, solution, coming from the synagogue of Satan, vaccine, defile body temple, those that get defiled will be the sheeple in masks that are terrified right now, and they will become a sacrifice of Bill Gates and the New World Order. Georgia Guidestone's mass population depopulation. It's all right here. It's all right here. <sighs> wow. Wow. And it is of them that, what? Say they are Jews and are not, but do lie, the synagogue of Satan, and the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men. Your Boris Johnson, your Prince Charles, all of this disproportionate percentage of actors. Oh, yeah, and they will be the. Oh, I took the vaccine, I'm fine. I'm ready to make a new movie. Oh, yeah, I bet you are, Avatar Man. Right? Don't you see it? Don't you see it? Revelation chapter 19, verse 17. And he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the mid-heaven, Come and be gathered together unto the great supper of Yahweh, that ye may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and them that sit thereon, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, and small and great. And all the birds were filled with their flesh. Remember the birds of the air that came down upon the sacrifice of Abraham? That's a metaphor for the synagogue of Satan, for the fallen angels and for the Luciferic realm that will have their own cherem sacrifice. But it is the sacrifice of the programmable people, sheeple in masks. And that's what we see today. This is, in the biblical reality, truly a cherem sacrifice that comes at the end of the battle. What do I mean? What is it? What are you talking about? What's a cherem sacrifice? Uh, is this like some Mohammedan cherem? No, it's a cherem sacrifice. We're not talking about a bunch of women with in a hookah bar or something like that. No, that that would be Mohammedan. We're talking about First Samuel chapter thirteen, the cherem sacrifice that would always come at the end of a battle. At the end of a battle, there is a biblical cherem sacrifice. That's what we see in Revelation chapter 8 in truth that comes from 1 Samuel chapter 13. But what we are seeing today played out in this CV scenario is the Matthew 4 Satan temptation or testing counterfeit where he's taking the truth of Yahweh's word, converting it to try and build a false temple, create a worldly hush 
while you're all in quarantine and then roll out a sacrifice at the end of this quarantine. And that sacrifice will be the sacrifice of the sheeple in masks. And that will be through defiling their body temple with a vaccination being constructed from that country in the Middle East. Remember Saul's rash oath, the cherem sacrifice, when Samuel didn't come to Gilgal. That's where this comes from. And what happened? It cost Saul his kingship. And right now, this CV scenario is costing the kings of the earth their kingship. This CV scenario is costing the kings of their, the earth their kingship because it came way faster than even they knew about. Only a very select few knew that this was going to be rolled out at this extreme. That's why many of these countries and these kings have also come down with the CV-19, specifically in the UK, Canada, and many of those, Prince Charles, because they were involved in the orchestrating of it, but they were not ready for it to be rolled out when it was. And now that it's out, it has destabilized the kingship of the kings of the earth. Just as Saul, because of his rashness, caused his destabilization of his throne, it is the biblical truth with a satanic counterfeit that's going on. It's a parallel universe, but the truth is in the Bible that allows us to see what's going on in the world. That's how prophecy works. That's how apocalyptic visions work. Too many people are missing this because they are going with Greek linear thinking and trying to project out a timeline for the future. And it's a, it, it, it saddens me because it, the, it, you can get caught up in all of that stuff that leads you down the Alice in Wonderland trail of excitement, of experience, but that's not what Revelation or the prophecies tell us. It's layer upon layer, line upon line, precept upon precept. It's not calculation upon calculation, stringing it out into the future, projecting back into the past. That is not the Bible. Take it from me, a fellow who wasted a lot of time doing that. And I don't want you to have to spend the time digging yourself out of an Alice in Wonderland tunnel that you, you know, at first it appeared fun, but then you realize that you got into something and it's very hard to back out. And then you've missed so much of the vision in the meantime. So just an admonition to you. Some of you are here. Many of you won't. The counterfeit, of course, of the harem sacrifice is the synagogue of Satan and this CV virus, which is going to be a sacrifice that comes at the beginning of the battle. In the Bible, the harem sacrifice happens when? At the end of the battle. 
But this CV is the synagogue of Satan's harem sacrifice, and it's totally converse, and it comes at the beginning of the battle. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning, and it's the converse. What is up is down, what is black is white. It is luciferic and worldly to the core. Their harem sacrifice happens at the beginning of the battle. And that's the next stage. You're going to see more people die from the vaccinations going wrong and the medical martial law than you'll ever see with this CV scenario currently. They have to have their harem sacrifice at the beginning of their battle to destabilize our world. And we're at the beginning. We're not at the end. We're at the beginning. And you and I are at the starting line. And actually, we're out front. We're already out front. We've got a major advantage if you can see this. You've got a major, major advantage. They're still in the gate. We're already out. We're already way out front seeing it. It's amazing. Second Samuel chapter 15 verse 10. Managed to get my sponsor back on board. Um, they imported this. I don't know where from, but I got it and I'm happy. I've got a lot of bottles on ice. Second Samuel chapter 15 verse 10. The origins of the heavenly hush in Revelation 8 and the sacrifice that you see at the end of the battle in Revelation 19. Okay? It comes from 2 Samuel. But the converse of this is what I'm trying to communicate to you today with our CV scenario. I hope I'm making sense. Am I? Or am I just seeing it? You look absolutely bewildered, brother. Second Samuel 15.10 But Absalom sent secret messengers throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then say, Absalom is king at Hebron. And while Absalom was offering the sacrifice, he sent for Apithol, the Gileonite, David's counselor, and from his city, Gilo. And the conspiracy grew strong. And the people with Absalom kept increasing. Isn't this conspiracy growing so much stronger day by day? And aren't the sheeple actually coming on board with the kings of the earth? And now they're actually like, hey, you're not social distancing. I'm going to call the sheriff on you. Hey, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be out at the park all by yourself, the two of you. That's outright. I'm going to report you for mountain biking out in the woods. See, everybody's getting on board, aren't they? Oh, yeah. They're totally getting... Oh, you can't reach into the refrigerator and get the milk while my hand's in there. I'm going to call the store manager. You think I'm bloody joking, don't you? You should have seen the dagger looks I got last night when I was going for the milk. Because somebody else's hand was in there. I'm not afraid. I'm going for the milk. Oh, my goodness. You reached in and got the milk when I was going for them. <gasps> oh, you're a danger. That was the look all over their eyes. Come on, you guys. I'm not alone in this. Am I the only one going for the milk at the same time as somebody else? Come on. Outrageous. 
I mean, it's a, it is a case study on insanity of humanity. So what we see here is the thematic similitudes between the book of Samuel and the book of Revelation. Or as I should say, and you know I love to say this, all that to say this. The similitudes between the book of Samuel and the book of Revelation, the hush and the harem sacrifices are astounding. And then, of course, the converse of that is where we're at with the Luciferic counterfeit. Maybe I could have just said that and saved us all so much of this teaching. But it's not like you've got anything better to do, is it? What are you going to do? Sit home and cross-stitch? And some of the ladies out there say, oh, how dare you speak against my cross-stitching? No, I mean, love it. I prefer chess, but, you know, whatever. Anything to keep you occupied in social isolation zone. But what we see here is in both accounts, it's about a crusade for the kingdom, isn't it? Whether it's Revelation chapter 8 and Revelation chapter 19, or whether it's Second Samuel chapter 15 verse 10, it's all about a crusade for the kingdom, a battle for the king and priestly rule. And Saul loses it. He loses the kingship with Absalom. You've got messengers, you've got malachs, you've got angels that are sent throughout the tribes of, of, of Israel. And the counterpart to that is you see this Revelation chapter 7, tribal multitude, the tribal multitude, that then the trumpet is sound in Revelation chapter 8, and a rival king, Absalom, back in Second Samuel, an anti-Messiah in Revelation, raises up. Raises up in Second Samuel, doesn't Absalom, but in Revelation 12, up raises up the anti-Messiah, both to take out the saints within the kingdom. Absalom is a type of the anti-Messiah, the harem sacrifice of Samuel, the harem sacrifice of Revelation, the counterfeit harem sacrifice of this CV vaccination scenario, and the counterfeit of having a pure temple and a defiled temple, not only in Israel, but your body temple. I see it clearly, and I can't be the only one. Please tell me I'm not the only one. Sometimes I wonder if I am. I don't want any of you to send me one more bloody calendar. Because that's not where my mind is at right now. I can't tell. I don't know what's been going on. I don't pay attention to the gossip out there. Thank goodness. Otherwise I go mad. But all of a sudden, like in the past week, I just got blown up with all these crazy... Uh, I'm like, what's going on? I don't know what happened. Somebody did something somewhere on some calendar, something or other, and ruffled somebody's feathers. And I'm like, hey, maybe 10 years ago, okay? But not now, please. Please, we've got to stay focused right now. And it's not about who's right and who's wrong on some projection of something or other, okay? And I know we have the calendar club on tour to the tribes, and I'm not saying anything bad about against you guys before you lot turn on me. I'm just saying, guys, let's be a little bit more pleasant to one another, a little bit more compassionate of different views and ideas, and realize that visions and prophecy and 
understanding of the word is where it's at. Not necessarily being right or wrong on calendars. And I, 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 I understand, but I'm just saying, I don't know what happened. There's something happened out there in cyber world because I got, I'm like, I don't know, somebody must have upset somebody. Thank goodness it wasn't me. I wasn't involved. <laughs> so anyway, back on track here. Let's look at verse 3. Are we only in verse 3? I'm having too much fun out here in society. And another heavenly angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given to him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar that was before the throne. So these plagues don't repeat each of the seal judgments, nor do they actually follow the seals in a direct chronological sense. And that's why I'm bringing up the calendar, because that is a chronological mindset that then makes people not be able to understand the teaching that I'm trying to present today. It just causes a stumbling block. I mean, I suppose that's why I'm trying to admonish you in my funny salty way and i actually got to have marmite today for the first time in seven days so i'm very yeasty today so excuse me but they do cover the same period and what we see is this final travail but they're from two different two different perspectives so it's always good to remember that this uh, apocalyptic writing consists of a series of self-contained visionary units what the passage teaches is actually blurred if you try and wrench out chronology or a timeline See, if I just focus, I can say things so more succinctly. But then you don't get any of the drama and the theatrics, which is me. So I know you love to hate me, but I hate to love you. I think that's a song from the 80s. <laughs> See, that's how I've been, oh, crikey. Anyway, I won't get into that. Anyway, let's get to the heavenly angel. We're going to get to the heavenly angel. Some would mistakenly say now, as we get to this heavenly angel, that it's Yahusha. But this is wrong. We would go to Daniel chapter 9, verse 20, and Daniel chapter 10, verse 10. And that would show us that the angel is none other than Gabriel in a mediatorial role in bringing Daniel the answer to his prayers. It was Gabriel that gave Daniel the answers to his prayers. And Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14 tells us that angels do actually perform even today, especially during quarantine, an intercessory role in our dreams. They really do. They really do. Because they have some kind of a special ministry for the saints. And that's what's in view here. We have a heavenly high priest. We are the heavenly priest, which is our counterpart. And our prayers, when we pray during this quarantine time, imagine your prayers are put upon the altar in the heavenlies. And many of you are like, oh, I pray and my prayers aren't answered. Well, hang on a minute. 
That's not how it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to just pray and get an answer. If that happens, great. But the majority of the time, that's not how the Bible shows it to us. You place your prayers upon the heavenly altar and the hot coals will stay there and the prayers will stay there and it will take time, Yahuwah's time, but eventually those prayers will what? Like paper, ignite when the coals get to the right temperature where you then will receive the answer to your prayers. Our prayers, every prayer that I've ever prayed is sitting upon the heavenly altar waiting to be ignited. Some have been ignited. Many are still waiting, as yours are too. Our prayers are lying on the altar. And the angel, this is amazing, the angel comes along with incense to sense the holy things, then the smoke of the incense rose with the prayers of the saints, adding a fragrance to them, an empowering of them. It all has to be in Yahuwah's perfect time. There's no such thing as a void prayer. It's just sitting on the heavenly altar, waiting to be ignited, waiting to be sprinkled with the incense that the angel sprinkles with his censer. And once it's ignited, then the prayer will then be a powerful prayer because now it's got the heavenly realm added to it. It's ignited in Yahuwah's time, and then the answer and revelation is brought forth in his timing, not mine. So don't lose heart when you pray and you don't get an answer immediately. It's sitting on the heavenly altar. Your prayers will not return void because Yahuwah's word does not return void. Verse 4, And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before Yahuwah out of the heavenly angel's hand. And the heavenly angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it onto the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. You see, John's vision is reminiscent of the rebellion of Korah, isn't it? This goes back to the book of Numbers. Korah was a non-priest, a Levite, and this resembles the rebellion against the priestly status of Aaron and his line. Something very specific is going on here in the narrative. The company of Korah objected to the choice of Aaron. In fact, they objected to anybody as a priestly class that would outrank the Levite. Now, the prophet Ezekiel and the book of Hebrews inform us that in the time toward the end, that it would be the Malchizedek priesthood which would actually outrank the Levites. Now, the synagogue of Satan, they're all about the Levites. They're all about the Levites. But you, the Malchizedek priesthood, are getting the revelation right now because you outrank them. They're all going to go for the counterfeit harem sacrifice. They're all going to go for the counterfeit temple. They're already buying into this false hush 
which is the hush of the kings of the earth, and they're going to buy into the vaccination too. And it's very sad. It's very sad. Yes, we expect to witness the same rebellion within the camps. And Jude's cry, a resolute, yes, you will experience the same thing. So read the book of Jude. It's very short. But it tells us we're going to experience the same cry. So prepare for the same judgment on all who side with the synagogue of Satan and the Levitical altar. Because it's all a construct, a model of this worldly system that we're seeing rolled out now during this CV crisis and the synagogue of Satan are behind it. And 45 is deep with them. I'm sorry, I know many of my friends and followers out there that uh, follow Q, but also listen to this broadcast, get very upset when I start knocking 45. I'm just saying, we don't put our trust in men. Okay, we put our trust in the word of Yahuwah, the word of Yahuwah alone. Anyone, though, who speaks contemptuously against the Malkizedic altar, anybody that speaks contemptuously against the Malkizedic priesthood, and anybody that speaks contemptuously against the Malkizedic high priest will face Yahuwah's wrath. It's that simple. We just saw this ramp up in the past year with the 70 nations abominable sacrifice over in the Middle East, didn't we? We saw that on live TV. Outside the gate, in place of Yahusha, it was an altar outside the gate. The only altar outside the gate is designated to the high priest after the altar the order, excuse me, of Malkitzedek. But when they did that abominable sacrifice to the 70 nations, they even had a soche, which is the Hebrew for the ritual slaughterer, and his name was called Malki. I mean, talk about a counterfeit even down to the names, because you know Satan is all about preserving his name and his counterfeits. Yet, the true name of Yahuwah has been removed from the Bible close to 7,000 times and replaced with the title of a British landlord. Unbelievable. But somehow, Satan and Lucifer and Hillel, Hillel, translated across three or four languages, no problem, intact. Yet many of our brethren don't even know the name of the one true living Elohim. See, Satan is on the prowl, seeking who he can devour. And right now, humanity is ripe for the picking. Ripe for the picking. Because they haven't been where we've been for 40 years in the wilderness, studying Yahweh's word, thinking about the prophecies, thinking about when the end would come. And here we are. We're not at the end. We're at the beginning of the end. We're at the beginning, and instead of the harem sacrifice being at the end, before the battle, it's now this CV virus. This is the sacrifice at the beginning, before the big battle. 
When will it be? I don't know. But we're living in that time. And it's cray-cray. All right. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. I'm not going to get through all this today. I've been rattling on too much. Having too much fun. So, oh, let's see. We're talking about the censor still, okay? Because this censor is all about the priesthood. And in Numbers chapter 16, verse 41, we find those that rebel against the priesthood will be swallowed up into the ground alive. And, you know, many in the synagogue of Satan and say, well, hell, hell is a Christian construct. It's not, there's no such thing as hell in the Bible. There's no, there's no abyss where people fall into and, 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 and suffer. Oh, last time I checked in um, Numbers chapter 16 in verse 41 is the very Torah definition of hell, where the earth opens up and swallows the wicked, and the wicked are crying from the depths of the earth. So that is a Torah doctrine. It's not something from the Catho Loco community. And what we see now is if the censor in the book of Numbers had not been thrown down, no one would have survived. And likewise, if the censor was not thrown down in the book of Revelation, then no one would have survived the following seven trumpet judgments. In number 16 is the shadow, the backdrop for our text here in Revelation. And in Numbers chapter 16, verse 2, you see that the leaders, they rise up against Moshe. Don't you see that today? So many church leaders, if you start talking about the Torah and the Sabbath, they rise up. They rise up against you, especially right now with tomorrow being Easter Sunday, and many, many in your family are going to rise up against you and say, well, oh, you're doing that law of Moses stuff. Oh, my goodness. They're rising up against Moshe because they want you to go with the papal synagogue of Satan construct. And then we see in verse 3 of chapter 16 of the book of Numbers, the leaders then, they go against Moses and they go against the priesthood. They accuse them of exalting themselves above the rest of the congregation. Now, the parallel of that we see, of course, is in Matthew 24, isn't it? In Matthew 24, verse 9, they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And many will be offended and betray one another and hate one another. And lawlessness, lawlessness and false prophets will abound. That is the truth of what will happen at the end. But remember I said we're at the beginning, so the paraphrase on that, the paraphrase on the beginning of the end, Matthew 24 verse 9 is the end, but the paraphrase on the beginning of the end, which is where I believe we're at, is they will deliver you up to the who, they will deliver you up to the local policy officers, and they will try and kill you, and you will be hated if you don't social distance for the world's sake. And many will be offended when you walk into the grocery store and you try and take the milk from somebody else in the milk section. And they will be offended and they will betray you. And your neighbor will turn you into the cops when they see you having a barbecue with your friends. Or three of you walking down the road together to try and get some exercise. And they will do it 
for Satan's name's sake because they have bought into the lie and they're afraid. But this isn't the end. It's the beginning of the end. It's the flip. It's the counterfeit. You can see it on their faces. They are so ready to turn you in, turn you in, turn you in. I never thought I'd see this in my life. Well, I kind of did, but I never thought it would be this close. It came too early. It came too quick. But here we are. Get ready for the lunatics. That's a poem. I'm a poet and I didn't know it. But it really is out there, aren't they? They're mad, mad, absolutely nutters. All of this shadow of Revelation 18 and the censor is about the rebellion of Korah. It's a rebellion between the true priesthood, the true sacrifice, and the counterfeits. And we know that the harem sacrifice of Yahuwah happens at the end of the battle in Revelation 19. And we know that the harem sacrifice that Samuel was supposed to perform happened at the end of the battle. But Saul was impatient, and therefore he lost the kingdom. And the kings of the earth, they are impatient because they feel that they lost the kingdom when Trump got elected. So therefore, the whole timeline has been pushed up, which is why we find ourselves in this present situation. Beware, brethren. We've got more to come next week. But I hope you see the parallels. I hope you see that Yahuwah is on the throne and that Yahushua is on his right hand and that there is the truth of the scripture, but truly Satan is taking the playbook and flipping it upside down and presenting it to the world. And the world currently, they are drinking the Kool-Aid. In fact, I was corrected by my brother here and he said, they're not drinking the Kool-Aid, they're swimming in it. That's where we're at today. Let's see if we've got some answers and some questions. And I know I got a little bit wild today, but you try being in quarantine. Oh, yes, right. You all are. <laughs> you try being up here after you're being locked in quarantine. You get a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. Ooh. Okay, I just got a personal text came in here. This is from my brother, deep in the woods, in the cabin in Idaho. And he says, CV-19 equals Certificate of Vaccination ID, Digital ID 2020. Yep, it does. Yes, it does. All right, let's see. Ooh, oh, lots of things today. A little drinky from the sponsor here, the Agua Mineral. Shabbat Shalom, my brother, Brian Price. Good to have you again here, Brian. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah, faithful servant of Yah. Revelation chapter 12, verse 17. Brian has a question. Oh, no, maybe question. Revelation 12, 17 says, The devil makes war with the remnant who keep the commandments, namely the Sabbath, as even non-believers can keep the other nine. So what does that have to do with CV-19? Oh, I'm not 
sure if I'm understanding that. Hang on a minute. Let me reread that. Revelation 12, 17 says that... Oh, 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 the other nine. Sorry. Oh, other nine commandments. Yeah. So what does that have to do with CV19? Well, okay. So what I was saying during this whole presentation was really trying to present to you, and I'm sorry if I did a bad job. I'm trying to do the best I can with the, my, my present situation. But what I was trying to present today, Brian, was the clarity of the word and how there is the harem sacrifice in Revelation 19 that comes after everything we're going to be going through in the book of Revelation. The battle, the battle. There's a sacrifice, and ultimately it's about Yahuwah's temple in heaven and Yahuwah redeeming his temple bride that is pure and undefiled, and his temple in heaven is pure and undefiled, okay? But there's a silence in heaven. And then there's the sacrifice of Revelation 19 at the end of the battle. That comes from Second Samuel, where we see that very same thing. But then, because Saul is impatient, Paralleling that to the kings of the earth, because Saul was a king of the earth, he was carnal. David wasn't a king of the earth. Saul was the king of the earth. Saul was impatient, and he sacrificed early, and it brought forth the whole Absalom anti-Messiah system. Satan, being the great counterfeiter of Matthew 4, where he presents the word to Yahusha, but it's twisted, takes the truth of Yahweh's undefiled temple, us being believers, an undefiled body, and the harem sacrifice at the end of the battle. Satan, I believe right now, to deceive those, given the scripture that you just gave, right here, which is Revelation 12:17, the devil making war with the saints, what they've done is they are bringing out the harem sacrifice now at the beginning of the battle. It's going to bring in an antichrist system. That's the reboot, the Absalom. And the sacrifice is going to be all the sheeple in masks that accept the vaccination. Does that make sense? All right, I don't know if I answered his question, but that's how it's got something to do with CV-19. All right, here's another question. Oh, my goodness, another question from Much More Truth. Oh, he's going to try and crawl up into my head again. Brandon, Much More Truth. I love this guy. Um, at Torah to the Tribes, how are we not seeing Revelation 12 and almost 13 right now being instituted. Well, because when Revelation 12 happens, it will be a supernatural, supernatural knowing that it's time to flee. And right now, it's not a supernatural knowing because it's the build-up, it's the preparation, it's the prepared stage. We are preparing. We know it's going to come. But if I was to flee now, and if you were to flee now, Brandon, we know that would be a work of our flesh, okay? But we know it's coming. We've got brother here in, in studio that's building. What are you building? 
he's building an overland trailer. It's fabulous. He's fabricating it himself. I've got another brother here in studio who's doing some exploration and some mapping out in the wilderness. And so we are preparing, but we're not going there yet. But we're definitely examining some things and making sure that we can get access to where we need to get access and that we've got this. But if we were to do it now, it would be a work of our flesh. But we're preparing because we know that these things are coming. So Revelation 12 is coming, but it is not yet now. Because we're at the beginning. We're not even in the midpoint. It's blooming exciting, really, in a very apocalyptic, strange way, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. My son, Moshe, who is 13, who I love to bits, is always on this journey with me. And he's been raised in it. And it's like, oh, this is so exciting, Papa, so exciting. I mean, it is, isn't it, Moshe? We are just having a blast together, and it's kind of crazy, but we're learning a lot, and I'm like, man, I imagine if I was doing this with my father when I was 13, it would have been brilliant, but I wasn't, of course. Anyway, all glory to Yahuwah. Let's see, what else we got? Oh, they're coming in strong here. Brian Price, the devil does want to defile us. Yes, the synagogue of Satan does want to defile us. Alicia uh, um, Bella, what a beautiful name. Alicia Bella, oh, that's a pretty name. How long would the silence be on earth if it is 30 minutes in heaven? That would be a long time, wouldn't it? A day is as a thousand years. If we use that model, well, goodness gracious, we're nowhere near the end. And then Yasab, Yashab says at Julia, oh, it will happen very soon, especially. But I think that was a different question. And then somebody else says, I can't sleep. I'm in sackcloth and ashes. Well, you know, I have some nights where I don't sleep too. So that's okay. But then I usually really crash the next night. And those nights I don't sleep, I usually just get up and have some tea and some hot... Not hot chocolate as in like hot chocolate. I'm talking like ghost pepper, dark chocolate in the middle of the night and just start reading the Bible and get all fired up inside like a burning coal. And that keeps me up and uh, off I go to work. Celicia, Celicia Robinson says, at Torah to the Tribes, when does Genesis 15.30 happen according to the book of Revelation? 15.13, what is that? That's the... Um, Oh, oh, okay. Oh, right. Um, it, it happens in Revelation 19, the harem sacrifice. The true harem sacrifice happens in Revelation 19. But right now is the satanic, luciferic counterfeit. It's happening once the vaccine comes out at the beginning before the battle. Because the harem sacrifice should happen at the end of a battle. But that wouldn't be right. Satan has to corrupt it, of course. He's going to do it at the beginning of the battle. We're at the beginning. We're at the beginning, brethren. This is Jacob's trouble. This is not the great tribulation. Mm, what else we got here?
Oh, here's a great question. This is a, a, more of a comment. Laurel Austin. A comment concerning social distancing. Listen to this. Adam being alone in the garden was the only thing that Yah, the Most High, said was not good. Because it's not good. It's not good for the way we are as humanity. Regardless of whether you're a believer, an unbeliever, whether whatever, even, even the people that we know are against Yahuwah, at some point, I mean, I, I'm having a lot of compassion for the sons of Adam right now, regardless of where they're at, because I see it breaking down people's spirits, the isolation and the fear and this mob mentality. And that is sad, because that's not how humanity, you're right, was meant. We weren't created to be like that. It's a really a very, very unsettling thing. It goes against everything that the Creator designed us, which was what? Fellowship. Fellowship. So, yeah, Laurel, good word, good word. I hope you guys are having a good time. You know, I know I'm a little silly, but I'm having a good time too. There's so much seriousness out there. It's good to be serious, but you've got to have a little bit of a, an ebb and flow. Otherwise, it's too intense in my world anyway. So my sense of humor keeps me sane or insane, whatever you think. Let's see. All right, I don't know the answer to this question, but maybe someone can put it, get the answer in the chat for me, but it's a good question. It's coming from Janine. How does this comet Atlas play in with the scripture? Well, is it the comet that's going to skip off the atmosphere that's going to cause hydrocyanatic hydro acid to precipitate down and bring us the bitter water judgment? It's possible. Somebody might be able to hit that better than me in the, in the uh, comments, though. Oh, here's a good one. This is from Yashub. Yashub. And I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yashub. Yashub. Matthew, with my research, I found out that Mystery Babylon is Mecca because it 100% correlates that verses talking about it. Your thoughts, Revelation 18, 19, um, solidifies it. You know what? Um, I think you've got a really good point here. I'm not sure. I think there's also a good, uh, good case for it being Jerusalem, the bloodied city. But I also, I, I, I think that you do have some weight there for sure. For sure, and we were going to have to delve into that, and I'll be able to address that more fully. But let's have a look at Revelation 18:19. They threw dust on their heads and cried out, weeping and wailing, and saying, "Alas, alas! That great city, in which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth, for in her one hour she was made desolate, desolate." All right, let me see. Okay, now, going with what my brother is saying here, 
And I like his train of thought. Um, Because you do, if you look at it this way, if you look at Mecca, and then you look at, um, geez, Mecca is the city of seven mountains too, because you've got Jabal Kabar, you've got Jabal al Qura, you've got Jili Ali, you've got um, Jay Jafan, Jay Jijad, Jay Kwabas, Jay Hindi, you have, you do actually have a city on seven hills, which is interesting with Mecca. It does actually qualify with that. It does have seven hills. Um, mm. Then you got the crescent. There is actually a lot there. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to dig more into that. Okay, because uh, I think that's very interesting. I like that. I like that. I think he may have, uh, may definitely. Babylon, of course, being Iraq, but then mystery Babylon. Um, okay, okay, that is definitely... I'm going to have to look a little bit more into that. That's good, though. But yes, Mecca does qualify for a city with seven hills, for sure, if you know the geographical terrain there, which I'm sure this brother does if he's got that far down the wormhole. Let's see, where were we? Where were we? Ooh, so the other, the other part of Janine's question about the atlas, is this the scripture, is this wormwood? All right, Torah to the tribes from Laurel, Austin. How can believers talk of a comet, asteroid? What about a firmament? Oh, there, there's a good one. All right. Um, let's see. Oh, Hegelian dialectic. John Schuchel, brilliant question. Matthew, check this one out. Matthew, do you think Q and 45 are the controlled opposition Hegelian dialectic? I'm going to get in trouble, but I do think you could be onto something there, John. Leave it at that so I don't get unnecessarily hammered. Not that I really care, but, you know, it does get a bit old. Brian Price, question, will S.A. Tan do a census? I think they're already doing a blooming census, aren't they? Um, last time I checked, I'm not resident. <laughs> resident at, <laughs> it's not addressed, no, no addressee called resident lives here. Uh, return to sender, a wrong address, buddy. They're so deceptive, aren't they? Will SA Tan do a census via mandatory antibody tests Ooh. and then map our DNA to see who is an Adamic bloodline or serpent bloodline so that the sons of Adam can be rounded up? I heard that theory again. <laughs> there is nothing that I would put past that Luciferic realm, Brian. My goodness. 
Now, this one is from Dinky Doodle. Is that your real name? Dinky Doodle. She is from Australia, so it's possible. They come up with some funny names down in Oz, you know. Dinky Doodle. Dinky Doodle. When Yahusha returns, he will obliterate the world with the brightness of his coming. Is this a post-millennial return? I think it is. I agree with Down Under Dinky Doodle on that one. Now, this one is from um, my brother from another mother, the bearded man from up north, Mr. Niebling. Specifically, Matthew, do you ever feel especially susceptible to CV-19? No, I don't at all. <laughs> Whatsoever. And I give all glory to Yahweh. And if, for instance, heaven forbid, um, anything happened to me or anybody else, Yahweh's on the throne. So death, where is thy sting? It's all good. I'm just going to ask this another question just because I want to say her name again. Dinky Doodle says thus, The abomination of desolation sits in the temple of Yahuwah declaring that he is Yahuwah. As we are the true temple, what are your thoughts? That would be the programmable matter vaccination sitting in the temple, then becoming an AI construct programmed by the synagogue of Satan and ascending, we are gods. That's what they're going to do. Because then, those of you that don't have AI, then you're going to be at a disadvantage, right? Because it would be like the Matrix, right? You want to go learn how to fly a helicopter? Boom. Whereas you and me would have to go to school and learn the textbooks. What a great disadvantage that is. Of course, there we go. We'll take that guy, program him. Helicopter pilot. Yes, but then there's a big problem with that. The whole thing's going to malfunction. Then they're going to cry out for death and they're not going to find it. It's going to be a virus. You know when you get that spinning ball on your computer, especially those of you that use Macs? That's what it's going to be like. It's going to be the spinning ball syndrome when it all goes sideways on them. And then they'll be crying out for Bill Gates. And guess what? He'll be just as sick as the rest of them. So there. That's my speculation. Melody Pittman, what about the sacrifice that was performed for Passover in Jerusalem this year? Again, they already had the one with the 70 nations up outside on the altar outside the gates, which is a total counterfeit of Hebrews chapter um, 10 and 11, which is outrageous. And now they're doing it again. They just can't keep pushing the envelope for their false construct or their model. And don't you notice these key words that are now permeating our society? Presumptive, model, projection, theory. This is it. This is it. That is all the wording of Satan. That is all fear. When you and I are afraid, we are projecting something into the future. We are going back to a past experience and we are abdicating our responsibility to live and stand in the present. And that's how Satan 
conquers the world by presuming, by projecting, by magnifying, taking something small and then blowing it up, taking something factual and turning it into fiction, taking something factual and presuming that it's something else. And then the mass hysteria that is projecting a mass death scenario in the future buys in to the social programming. In the meantime, you and I stand in the present and we stand and we become that conduit between the heaven and the earth and our prayers go upon the altar and we know that though we may not get the answer today, they will be ignited, have incense put on them and return to us with great revelation and we stand in reality and we are not moved. That's what I'm doing in my life right now and it's amazing. It's amazing. This is the rubber is hitting the road. Everything, everything is happening. It's amazing. Godin, Godin says this, Do you believe the names Adam and Eve refer to mankind and womankind or to two individual people? Both. Now, that was a quick answer, wasn't it? Sometimes a quick answer is good. In the multitude of words, folly is not absent. Anna Livingston, do you think the 45th is in league with the Luciferian cabal? I do. No, you don't? No? Not okay, so not necessarily the cabal. Got microphone. Come on, give us some come because I've already stepped on enough toes on forty-five. Come on, hit it up. Let's be let's be balanced. That's my opinion. Eat the mic. Come on, you're the sound guy. <laughs> From what uh, my take on it is that um, he is part of what is referred to as the alliance, which is the light side of okay. the Luciferian double team, mm -hmm. which is the cabal. And the alliance. So we have the bad cop. The bad all, cop being the cabal, all and the, the good all cop the being office. the alliance. Yes. But there, it's a deception. And what we're doing is we're being given the illusion of choice, and we disdain everything that's gone on before, and now we see something that appears to be better. So we go that way, but we've been steered that way the whole time, and I believe that. JFK was part of that, and that that was the reason it was early, and he was assassinated. That's a theory that some people have. It makes some sense. And um, President Trump is in the same vein, it seems. And that doesn't make him a good guy or whatever, bad guy. It just... It's part of this whole movement that you're talking about, this counterfeit. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I see that possibility. That's the way I see it. Yeah, okay. So basically, the cabal is your 
your, your Nixon, your Clintons, your, your Bushes, the cabal, the dark, okay? Yes. Your, your Obamas. And the, um, the light is your JFKs and your um, possibly Trumps. And it's the good being offered that people will gravitate to. And that could be the great deception between the, the two beasts, that meaning the cabal would be the first beast that is being slain right now, and then there's going to be a new beast that's going to rise up out of this, and everyone's going to embrace it, and it's going to be this new um, age of Aquarius, if you will. Absolutely. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so there's the balance for you, okay? So we'll have to wait and see. We'll turn the pages of history. So, yeah, that's, yeah, cool. Cool. Yeah. I, I was on the Shabbat group for like three hours today. See, I'm never usually on it that long. And look, we're still rattling on here. So if you guys have had enough and you want to tune out and go solo in quarantine, then you can leave. But I'm having a good time. You guys are having a good time. And um, give us some thumbs up if you're still having some good times. Subscribe to the channel. And I hope we can see each other at Sukkot. Because I don't think we're going to be able to do even Shavuot. I don't think they're going to let us here in the state of Oregon, at least. And it's only 40 days away. So, um, gee, crazy land, isn't it? We shall see. We shall see. All right, this is from Sketchy. Sketchy, or Sketchy, Sketchy. Sorry, you Sketchy guy. Would the rock from Daniel's, oh, good question, from Daniel's statue vision could also be taken literally like, oh, like a meteor crushing the iron and clay kingdom? Well, yes, you could take it literally. You could also look at it as, you know, the iron and clay that just won't adhere together, okay? And that's really what um, this globalism is just breaking apart. It's all about breaking apart nations, okay? It's the difference between nationalism and globalism. And this has been just a really great, I mean that kind of in, a, in their, using their language, this COVID experiment has been really a great global thing, hasn't it? I mean, everyone in the globe, and then now all my flat earth brethren out there, oh, you can't say globe. All right, I'm just using their language, guys. Chill, chill, relax, relax. Um, it really has been an experiment, hasn't it, that has succeeded thus far, thus far. I'd like to know what the statistics are in Gaza Okay, because, you know, the Gar those in Gaza, the Palestinians, they are not drinking the synagogue of Satan Kool-Aid. So maybe we can find out what, what are they doing in Gaza. We, uh, maybe we have someone in Gaza. Maybe we have a Palestinian brother or sister that's tuning in to Torah to the tribes and can tell us what is going on in the Gaza Strip. Are you social quarantining, or are you at the hookah bar having falafel and hummus? If you are, then maybe we need to go to the Gaza. Might be the safest place now. I'm serious. Unless, of course, the synagogue of Satan starts shelling them again. Good grief. Hmm.
Oh, yeah, here's a good one. This is from Melody Pittman. What do you think, Shabbat Shalom, Melody, um, what do you think of the government weather control programs and the weather, and what Revelation says about the conditions of the end time stars falling and such? Well, I think it's all part of the um, Project Blue Beam and um, the HARP program, direct energy weapons that we saw back in 9-11. And, of course, we have seen recently in the California fires. So, yes, they are bring, bringing this forth, bringing this forth. And there are some Project Blue Beam stuff going on, as we're seeing in the news currently, a lot of this, with, um, which is, you know, making it on mainstream news. It's so obvious right now with, with standing, standing um, lights and um, all kinds of spectrum in the sky right now. So it is definitely all part of this, I think, the ramp up for what they're preparing when we come out of quarantine. So, yeah, it is pretty wild, isn't it? It's still like, it's like, isn't it? Like living in a, whew, I can't believe it. You know, I go, you know, I go out and about quite a lot. And, you know, I was going to, I went to the, I go into various stores and I always like, I always do a little test when I go in and, and talk to the retail clerk and see, you know, I, I ask a couple of questions and I can tell instantly whether they're swimming in the Kool-Aid or not. And it's quite surprising sometimes, you know, I'm like somebody who I thought would have been switched on. They are buying it hook, line and sinker. I mean, just and you're like, oh, wow, really kind of shocking. And then some people that you would have thought that have been drinking the Kool-Aid, they're like, oh, yeah. It's actually quite surprising to me. So, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. Yahoo is still not done with the heathen. There's going to be many heathen that are going to come out of this and they're going to give glory to Yahoo and get saved. And then there's many that you thought were saved. They're going to be swimming in the blooming Kool-Aid. They really are. Oh, no, this is a good thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, like, wow. Yeah, really great, yeah. Just un unreal. Unreal. I become more offensive for the older I get, don't I? <laughs> Jeez, sorry. But it is what it is. With the rock from Daniel's statue, Vision could also be taken literally. Oh, we already read that one. That's a good one. Oh, we're coming to the end. I don't want to go. T and C. T and C. T and C Wasilk. What's up? T and C Wasilk. Um, question. A TV ministry is saying that Christians have everything in them already when praying. As Melchizedek or as a Christian, would this be an accurate or presumption? Everything in them already when praying. Well, you know, I'd be very careful of, of that you know, using that term Christian, if we're talking about those that reject the commandments of Yahuwah, 
that, you know, maybe, yes, I mean, I know that there are many, and myself used to be one, you know, a born-again believer, but then I was taught not to keep the commandments in, of Yahuwah. So though I was salvific and had applied the blood, I did not have everything in me, meaning full revelation, understanding, because I was so distanced from the word. Now, I still in the, are in the same salvific station than I was when I was 24, because that is a justification by the blood of the Lamb. But now, because I'm in tandem with the word of Yahweh, keeping his commandments to the best of my ability, and wanting and desiring to keep them more and more as I learn and read more scripture, and come to meet more brethren like you, and fellowship with you, and learn more. And I'm, I'm ready to be corrected when I'm wrong too, as I do make mistakes in study, and, and revelation continues to happen. But I'm more and more and more in tandem of the word of Yahweh, and there's more of the word of Yahweh in me. Obedience is better than sacrificial prayer. The greatest prayer is the obedience of the word and a contrite and broken spirit and a humble acceptance of Yahweh's divine word. So I do think that to say, oh, everything's in you. No, there's a growing, there's a maturing, and that comes from the resonant frequency of the word of Yahweh and obedience bouncing around in our innards. Yes. Yes, I... The feeling that I get from, from when I hear that kind of thing is the spiritualization of the life of the believer, that we're complete that we're fully complete, that there's no more work to be done. Yeah. That everything is there. And so when, if and when we pray, we pray perfectly, we do everything perfectly. That's why we don't have to keep the law, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, that's, that's coming from a, it's coming from a good place, but it's coming from a misguided place. And there's, there's fear involved. And I know this because I used to think this way. It's coming from a place of not understanding the difference between justification and sanctification. And therefore saying, we have everything, we have everything. Well, no, that, that's justification. I have everything because of his blood that my status being justified is everything all-sufficient and it does not change. But that does not mean that I do not now seek sanctification daily by the washing of the word and an obedient life. So that's where it comes from, the marrying together of justification and sanctification. And when you talk about sanctification, they think you're infringing on the justification that Yeshua's blood purchased and therefore, we no, 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 we are all sufficient. No, 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 no. He is all sufficient. My salvific standing is all sufficient, but me as a man am all but sufficient. No, 
I need to be sanctified by the washing of the word and come out of her, my people. And those that have the testimony of Yahushua, that's justification, and the keeping of his commandments, that's sanctification, they're the ones that are the Melchizedek remnant. So Baruch Hashem Yahuwah, double thumbs up, hit the thumb up button, subscribe to the channel. Thank you for your support. Do consider us in your tithes and offerings, even though this is a desperate time. We're still here. You're still there. Go to Torah to the Tribes forward slash connect, TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect and connect right now. Zoom platforms are brilliant if they're stewarded by the saints at Torah to the Tribes, and we've got a great multitude of saints that are stewarding, whether it's the Shabbat Fellowship that I thoroughly enjoy today, whether it's Torah Youth Worldwide, whether it is the prayer group of the men, the ladies' prayer group, we've got Sisters Fellowship, Brothers Fellowship. We've got things going on six days a week on the Connect platform. Remember, you can also go to BitChute because we are now on BitChute in case we get deplatformed. We are prepared and you need to be prepared for the days ahead. I know I was a little salty today. I'm going to blame it on the Marmite on toast and quarantine. But you love to hate me and I hate to love you. That's a song from the 80s, but what a great way to finish. And you're all going to be going, what song is that? I think it's the Pet Shop Boys. And that just shows you how gay things are in London. That's how it was when I was growing up. And there you have it. Shabbat Shalom to you. <laughs>